Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show, bringing you inside rumors and transactions around the league with your hosts, Keith Smith and Trevor Lane. Brought to you by LakersNation.com and CLNS Media. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I am one of your hosts, Keith Smith. I'm joined, as always, by my, uh, I don't like to call you the co-host, Trevor, because you're just the other host, but but Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation. How are you, man? Hanging in there. You know, NBA trade deadline just a few days away. So, I mean, look, we've been hearing all this stuff about it being a, a kind of a slow trade deadline, but I'm still on pins and needles. It's the trade deadline. I'm excited. Let's go. Man, yeah, we couldn't have picked a better time to relaunch the show, and we're back with you guys to start giving you a kind of late-breaking trade deadline Mm -hmm. preview here. We're going to hop around. We'll talk a little bit about some of the rumors that are going on. Nothing's happened yet, but a lot of uh, scuttlebutt out there, so we'll get into some of that, talk about some of the top teams and what they maybe should do, what they could use, and those kind of things and all that. So we're we're excited to be back and and ready to go with you guys. If if it sounds like we're really good at this, it's because we might (laughs) have. maybe done it once uh, before with some technical difficulties, but that's okay. That, that happens, happens in this world. I'll take so. the L on that one. That was, that was uh, my man. fault. Yeah. I messed up that the first time. 40, that was the IT guys. Fault. 45 minute episode <laughs> down the drain. That's okay. Take two is always better anyway. That's it. That's it, man. And now we got more stuff to react to. That's so right. let's start with that. This big rumored four team mega trade that's out there. When, when I, I'll tell you, when I first heard the details on this, I was like, no way four teams that's ridiculous never happens it's made up nonsense from the trade machine but the reality is it sounds like the houston rockets golden state warriors minnesota timberwolves and atlanta hawks are are putting together the pieces of a trade that would see let's just talk the principles because we don't have anywhere near all of the details but it's robert covington to atlanta or to houston D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins to Golden State, Clint Capella to the Hawks. Um, sounds like uh, maybe Jabari Parker's involved. Those are, but those four initial guys, those are that's the big pieces that are moving around. As the the Rockets have apparently decided, they just never need to play with a center again. They they like PJ Tucker and just let's go with these guys who are all six foot six and six foot you know, five and under and call it a night. They, so, so we'll see, but, but what do you think about that, man? Cause that seems to me, I don't know that it's, 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 I don't want to say shuffling deck t- chairs around on the Titanic yeah. because those are all good players. And I think they'll be helpful where they go, but I'm not overly enthralled with any of the fits anywhere except for Covington to Houston, but not at the cost of Capella. And I like Russell on the, on the Timberwolves. I don't really like it for the Warriors and the Hawks very much. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this trade and I'm thinking, who really wins this thing? Like, there's, it's such a, like, it's rare for four teams to come together on trade because usually something hits a snag somewhere, right? There's going to be some sort of issue. So that's um, that's usually a factor there. Even if it does get done, I mean, like, which team is really making out the best here? I mean, Covington, yes, with Houston, but then they're so small on the inside. Maybe they find another piece. I'm sure Daryl Morey probably has moves B, C, D, all the way through Z already lined up that he yep. could potentially do. So I'm assuming they're going to find another big somewhere, maybe more of a low-cost guy. We just saw their uh, their neighbor Dallas uh, Mavericks trade for Willie Cauley-Stein. So, you know, there's there, there might be some pieces out there for them to get. Robert Covington, I like that that fit. I like that he's a you know versatile defender and can do all of those things with uh, with Harden and Westbrook out there uh from the Warriors side of things uh, I I I don't I got to see what else they're getting <laughs> I I, think I, loved I would, your pause I would rather have D'Angelo Russell than Andrew Wiggins yeah, I would is too. that crazy yeah. 
No, that's not crazy. You know, for me, I um, I I would rather have Russell at least going into the summer because I think then you could trade him for something far more useful. It feels like this is almost moving on too quickly. I also want to see Steph should be back sometime next month. You know, let's use that last month and a half a game. See how they fit together. Maybe you've got something really cool there with with him and Steph in your backcourt, and then Clay coming in as uh, Clay would. You know, even coming off the injury would be the league's preeminent three and D guy. You know, in that role, and that would be you know phenomenal for them. You still got Draymond, and that that's a team that right away that team's right back in the mix um, in, in the Western Conference with all those guys there. And that's that's what's tough for me. This just feels like like you're giving up. And I've I was like I've been someone who has kind of tried to defend Andrew Wiggins at various points throughout his career, especially early this season when it looked like he finally had figured it out and was playing pretty good basketball. But I wrote uh, in a piece that went up for Yahoo Sports today where I ranked him the fourth least tradable contract in the league. And there's of no course that went up today, Keith. <laughs> right, I know. There's no further guarantee that a guy will get moved than, than get him traded. I put my Miles Plumley on that list twice, and he got traded both years. Um, when that happened, <laughs> so you know, but but with 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 Wiggins, I feel like it is um, it's been those flashes of brilliance around ridiculous inefficiency and inconsistency, and that's just not not where where you you can be if you're going to be paying that guy you know near a max well a max deal for him at the time he signed it and still near a max contract now. So that's that that's my problem on that side. Now watch, he'll go to the Warriors, he'll blow up, he'll be awesome. They'll they'll roll out you know those those uh Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, and you know whoever, yeah. and he'll you know, turn into Harrison Barnes, you know, 2.0, but better. And he'll be great, you know, that, which would be awesome, right? I'd be, you know, perfectly thrilled right. with that. That was the outcome. I just, I, I feel like this is not using D'Angelo Russell, the player, or D'Angelo Russell, the asset, to the best of their ability. No, I, I agree. I mean, look, you've got Andrew Wiggins. Well, and you could speak to contractually what his deal is. I know he's got a massive, massive contract that that they're taking on, but he's scoring twenty two points a game, which is which is solid. But thirty three percent from three that doesn't sound like a very Warriors esque player. I mean, he can he has the tools or the skill set to be a good perimeter defender, but is yet to really become that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, if I'm the Warriors, I'd have to see what else they're getting in the package because if I'm the Warriors, I personally would rather just hang on to, to D'Angelo Russell and then find another another move elsewhere for the Wolves. This is all about keeping Carl Anthony Towns happy. Hey, here's yep. here's your buddy D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell. Sure, we've lost however many games in a row, 12 or whatever it's at now, but here's D'Angelo Russell. Smile. Uh, so that's that's pretty much where, where they're at. They do need a point guard because they traded away Jeff Teague. So it makes some some sense there, and we know they really wanted D'Angelo Russell last summer. So, you know, I guess uh, I guess good on them uh, for that one. So interesting there, and then uh, and then Clint Capella jumping over to the the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I guess they really believe that he's the guy that's going to help propel them forward. Obviously, this year is kind of a, a lost cause, but uh, putting him in there with uh, with John Collins and Trey Young, you know, Trey Young throwing lobs to Clint Capella. That could be that could be fun. So I, I can see it from a few of the other sides, but again, I'm not uh, I'm not sold. I guess on the Warriors piece of it the most. Yeah, I don't love the Capella fit with Collins. I think if you're yeah. going to do this, you need to think about moving on from John Collins, which I 
kind of think would be maybe be a mistake. I'm a big John Collins guy. I think he's really, really good, and I think he's starting to figure it out and get better. Or you have to bet on if you're going to re-up with him when he's a, a due for an extension this coming year that he's going to develop that three-point shot because otherwise you can't play those two guys together. It's just not going to work. Right. It, you know, as, as great as Trey Young is, teams will will you know d up on him collapse everywhere else and it'll make a mess of things so so that, that's just going to be a little bit tough on that one on the uh on the wolves side of it i i love the russell pickup if this you know ends up going through and ends up going down because i think what you've done now is now you've got your two building blocks mm-hmm. you've got two really nice young wings and a koji and culver um that i think you can do some things with there you, you probably still need another forward but that's fine you can figure that out later there, there's no trouble with that. They're probably going to get off Gorgie Jang's contract at some point in this this maneuvering, which would be really helpful for them as well. So, you know, all, all around, I think that is, um, you know, I think it's really good for them. And for the Rockets, I, I said it at the jump, I don't like the big the, the downgrading in size. Mm-hmm. I really like Robert Covington, and I think he'll help them. I just don't like it at the expense of Clint Capella. I think you still need a big man. When you look at the teams they have to go through, you're going to have to go through the Lakers and the Clippers and the um, Jazz. And uh, I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? The, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Um, well, whether you know those teams have true bigs yeah. or not, a lot of them do. But they've also got wings who excel at getting to the bucket. And you want to have somebody back there who can kind of defend things. In the, tonight's game, they're playing the Hornets as we're recording this on um, Tuesday night. They're getting they were getting hammered on the boards by a really bad Hornets team, Shocking, and that's right? just you know they were so small, right? Yeah, if you're gonna play you know PJ Tucker, who I love, you can get away with them playing some small ball five, but not full the whole game of that like it just doesn't work so but you know this isn't done yet maybe nothing that comes of it you know because like we said four team trades are really really two team trades are hard to put together once you add any team an executive told me it makes it infinity times harder because that's when you you they say you get to the finish line with two teams of all right we ready to schedule the trade call with the league well how about we do this and they want to tweak something now add two more teams into that that gets really tough and especially when a couple of those teams have pretty savvy general managers it's going to be tricky but but we'll see what happens um you know with these guys and and you know ultimately that'll happen so let's let's do you want to start jumping around and start talking some of these these contenders around around each conference let's, we'll let's bounce kind of go back place here yeah yeah, let's do it. So, so I, I think we covered the Rockets, right? Is is part part of that. So we're going to spend a lot of time with them. But let's start. Let's just start it. I know we did a whole show on them the other day, but we'll do the shorter snippet version for the for the folks who don't tune into to your uh, Lakers Nation pod. Which, if they the don't, Lakers. they definitely should. Yeah, absolutely. They should. They should subscribe and rate and everything else. That. Right? We don't, don't really care if they listen as long as they subscribe. Right? That's the, the end goal. Well, you want them to listen. Yeah. I don't care if they do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so so but let's let's talk about them. So, you're the Lakers guy. Yeah. What is their number one need that that they need to to shore things up and really go from pretty good shot at the finals to a really good shot at their the finals? Their number one need is actually two things and it depends on, you know, who you talk to whether, you know, which one is 1A and which one's 1B. Um, but they need a secondary ball handler. They need somebody coming off the bench, not named Rajon Rondo, that can handle the basketball uh, when LeBron James isn't out there on the floor. Preferably someone who can shoot a bit. Preferably someone who can create a little bit of their own offense while setting up teammates. 
Uh, and we can, I'm sure, talk about some names and things. They also need another wing defender, a 3 and D player, preferably somebody who can get out there and defend the Kawhi Leonards, the Paul Georges, the Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jimmy Butler, the list goes on and on and on. The big, strong wings in the NBA have given them some troubles. Your your guy, Jason Tatum, had a, had a fun time. Jalen Brown as well. Uh, the late, look, we've seen, I, it's, it's to the point where I feel bad for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Because he keeps getting tasked with defending these guys coming off the bench. And he's just not, he can't do it. He's not big enough. He's like getting getting thrown to the wolves uh, when uh, when he gets gets put in there against one of these guys. It doesn't work. And so the Lakers have got to figure that out as well. Uh, but again, like we talked about on, on our show, the problem is they don't have that many trade assets to, to use because they don't have a first round pick they can talk, toss in. The next three second round picks are already gone. So realistically it comes down to do they find something that they feel is worth giving up Kyle Kuzma for and that's that's going to pretty much determine what they do here at the deadline should that be Jeff Teague and Robert Covington is that that what they they should I don't know did you see that nonsense yeah I saw I saw stuff like that so we'll 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 avoid we'll we'll, we won't we won't do low blows we'll be nice and we'll move move on but that yeah that was crazy there was Um, both of them in a package was the I saw the rubber coming. Well, that was what it was. Chris Broussard said that they should trade Kuzma for Jeff Teague and Robert oh. Covington, which ignores that Jeff Teague's no longer on the Timberwolves, sure. and also Jeez. that that's thirty million dollars of outgoing salary for Kuzma's like. $2 okay, so million. so then so, the important thing we need to ask is what's what's worse: Chris Broussard saying to trade for a guy <laughs> that is no longer on that team, or, or Stephen the, A. Smith yeah. saying that the Lakers should swap Kyle Kuzma for Devin Booker. Yeah, which is worse? That one's tough too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's move on uh, for the sake of all here. Um, But let's talk about Kuzma for a minute. Good player, right? Good player should be able to return value. Problem is, salary so small, it's tiny. It's only about what two million dollars or so. So that's not going to get you much in in terms of salary matching. Lakers don't even have the ability to start piling together too many contracts to go after, let's say, a Covington type who makes about eleven million. Could they get there? Yeah, maybe because you could do Kuzma and Cousins and Quinn Cook and uh, you know Ta- Talon Horton Tucker. I know I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> that's that's you know bad news for Laker fans. I didn't say Alex Caruso at least. Well, now um, you did. But you could. Yeah, <laughs> now I did. Um, <laughs> but you could, as you put those those pieces together. Yeah, you could get up to a Covington mm-hmm. type of guy. But in Andre Iguodala, 17 million, you're gonna get up to about 12 million in match salary. There, it's just it's impossible. And I know people. Well, we'll refresh. We we hit it on your show. People will be like, well, what about Rondo and JaVale McGee? You can't because those guys have no trade clauses because they their contracts they're gonna have bird rights at the end of this this next year and they're on a one year deal with bird rights that gives you a de facto no trade clause. And those guys aren't gonna they're not gonna say, Yeah, sure, send me off to Minnesota no. or to you know Memphis. They they're playing in you know McGee starts, Rondo plays, and I'm on a good team right now that might go to the finals and it's Los Angeles. Like, no, why would I leave? And I know people then, you know, they love to be like, well if LeBron tells them, well, it doesn't work no. that way. You know, those guys are gonna be like, yeah, great, not happening. No. Yeah, that's the answer. You know, so that's the tough thing. And I'm with you on KCP, man. He's had a really good year. But when, but the Boston game, prime example, I thought he defended Jason Tatum really well until Tatum was like, well, I'm just going to turn and shoot exactly. over you. And that's the problem. Like, he, he's not – he's never been that guy. He's a – he is a 1-2. Yep. He's not a 2-3. 
and that's the issue. Now, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit that right now Danny Green Green is kind of the you know persona non grata on the team, but you didn't pay Danny Green for anything he's doing till April, May, June. So let's just wait until then, and hopefully he fills that three and D role. But it's going to be tough. But that said, I think the guy that that seems attainable for the Lakers that would really help fill a need is a Derrick Rose. You know, he only makes seven million. They can get there in the salary matching pretty easy. The Pistons want you know they they're you know asking for outrageous stuff it sounds like that's starting to back off a little bit for both him and a guy like markeith morris who i think could also maybe help the lakers a little as a backup especially if kuzma was ever moved in any kind of trade or anything but i think those are guys um you know who could really help there i just i just don't see a big name big salary player because it just doesn't work but we do know they're going to be destination 1a on everybody's list that come the bio market. yeah absolutely the bio market may be where they can do most of their damage especially if they're able to land a darren collison who we just heard uh, isn't going to be making his decision until the all-star break which doesn't help the lakers out very much uh because that means they don't know if they're going to be getting collison but if they could get him uh and not have to give up assets to get a guard that would be ideal because then they could focus their attention attention on the wing knowing that they're going to get collison in free agency but right now it sounds like they're not going to know that for another what week and a half at least um so yeah. you know they're, they're going to have to either either risk it and, and just wait on collison or make a move now if they if they can uh, another rumor that just came out today regarding the lakers was that the new york knicks uh had some talks with them about kyle kuzma and the knicks would like to get kyle kuzma because they heard he's a power forward and so naturally the, the <laughs> yeah. knicks want yeah, want right. kyle kuzma uh the knicks who also as long as they don't send one to yes the lakers, yeah i gotta so hang on to all those power forwards Forwards. Uh, the Knicks who happened to fire you know, Steve, uh, Steve Mills today. So yeah, look, that's, that, that's a whole mess that I'm sure we could spend an hour yeah. on. Uh, yeah. But uh, the name that's popped up a bunch amongst Lakers fans is Marcus Morris. Is that somebody who could be attainable for the Lakers in a Kyle Kuzma trade just from a, a salary perspective? Yeah, challenge is fifteen million. So you got to get to 10 on, on him. Now they, they can get there. That's, Basically, you're sending out Kuzma, Cousins, Cook, Daniels. Uh, it's probably pretty close. You maybe one more deal away. Talon Horton, Tucker, Jared Dudley, I mean, Avery Bradley, you know, somebody you know, something there. like that. Yeah, Avery Bradley. Yeah, if you wanted to move on, that that gets tough, right? Because Bradley's been a starter yeah. all year, and I think he's actually had a pretty good year um, for for what he's been asked to do for for the Lakers. So that's that that's where it gets a little bit hard. I think fit wise, perfect fit. He, he that's ideal for them but but i just don't know so but i want to take it to let's talk about that other team in la because they could get marcus morris pretty easily by trading a guy like maurice mm-hmm. harkless's um expiring contract yeah. i think marcus morris would be perfect on the clippers i think that is gives them everything that they need there he's going to give them everything they're not getting from harkless and you know and, and some toughness a guy who's been through some playoff series now from his time with the celtics and in that like so yeah I, I think that's a guy who you know should be on the move the knicks are talking about you know maybe we'll keep him you know all that i don't know how much that was mill so much as that was posturing we don't really know but that's nonsense you can't he's on a one-year contract trade him away and if you really like him that much resign him with all your stupid cap space again this coming summer you know there's no reason not to like it just doesn't make sense you know move him and get whatever you can get for him if it's harkless and a pick and the other thing the clippers have that the lakers don't have is they they can move this year's first round pick because the way they set up the george trade was 
they kind of delayed a couple years on that, which was smart on the Thunder side because that's when the Clippers will be older. We don't really know what they'll be. Right. But the Clippers did it because now they've got that other kind of piece, that that you know extra piece of ammo to go out and make a move. So, you know, I think a guy like Morris would fit there. Obviously, Andre Godal would fit there. They can get their salary matching up a little bit easier than the Lakers are to make a big move. Which is exactly why I think if anybody's making a move, and, and I mean you can put you know put the Houston Rockets in this this group as well, but if anybody's making the move, the move this year, I think it's the Clippers. I think it's because they kind of have to, right? I mean this is their one shot. They're not going to have future yeah. picks after this year, so they've given themselves a window of this year. So I think they're going to do something. They might even do two things. Um, they've got that big expiring contract with Mo Harkless that they inexplicably were, were given a pick for uh, for taking that that deal, and then they've got uh, and then they've got their pick that they can deal this year. Now, the one thing that I keep hearing though from a lot of different people is that the general consensus is that this year's draft is not good. And a pick that the Clippers will be offering at, say, 25, or if the Lakers had theirs available at 29 or, or whatever, uh, might not carry all that much value, at least not as much as what we've seen in previous years. Are you hearing the same things? Yeah, no, there's definitely some truth to that. This, this is a much weaker draft than the last couple have been so loaded that it's really this this one is just kind of there. Now, teams will like it more as we get a little bit closer as we get into March and all that, but that doesn't help right now, you know, because you're looking at that. So yeah, those picks in the lower half of the first round or really lower third 20 and later, though they, they don't have a ton of value because it's not a draft that seemed with, you know, really great depth of, of, you know, very good high end talent at that point, you're probably looking at guys that maybe they could be starters for you, but maybe not. Now, what I will say though, is if you're looking at like a Morris or an Iguodala type, well, the Grizzlies already got a first-round pick for Iguodala. If they can get a second one, you take that all day long and you go home happy because it's just you know right. good work and you know pile those things up. And they they don't have their own because because they owe it to Boston and and all that stuff. And then you know if you're the the Knicks, just take as many assets as you can get right now for these guys who might just walk for nothing this summer. But but yeah, that's 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 tough. Those picks don't have that value. But it's 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 just it's better to have than not. I guess is the best way to put it. And I think that's that's a, a good one. Let's jump east. Let's do it. Um, real, real quick. Um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Milwaukee Bucks, which maybe is a little unfair, but they're already really, really good. I don't know what else you would do there. I know people have thrown Covington, up, you know, a LeBron, a LeBron defense. Yeah. yeah, Covington or the Oregon market, Marcus right. Morris, Andre Godala, those guys that you could kind of throw against LeBron, um, you know, in a potential finals matchup, LeBron and Kawhi. But I, I just things are going so well there and they've really built something special where I think those guys that are there, they wanted to be there. That's where they want to be. I think I, I don't think they're going to disrupt things uh, too, too much there. If you could do that with with just moving, you know, if they had one of those bad contracts for somebody who doesn't play. Sure, you'd move that, but you're you're talking about they're going to have to get rid of to get a quality player. You're going to have to get rid of at least one or two rotation guys, and I just I don't I don't see that happening. You know, Arsan Ilyasova he plays a role for them. He's really important to what they do and to to their bench. Um, so I don't see that. The Toronto Raptors, another team. You know, now if I, I'll say this, if any GM will go all in and shock the 
hell out of all of us and make us stunned, it'll be Masai right. Ujiri because I think he is the guy who he's not afraid to make big moves. He's, you know, got that uh, kind of cachet there. He did that with Kawhi Leonard. No guarantee that this guy was going to stay. And I think it worked out okay, um, you know, for what they wanted. So, you know, so you you want to see – you keep an eye on them, but I don't think they're going to do too much either. I think they're pretty set with what they've got. And I think it's going to be let's, – let's let this group go. And they are currently on a – I uh, just looked at it, an eleven game win streak. Unbelievable. And right you know, have been, they're all the way up to, you know, second in the east. They're a game and a half ahead of both Boston and Miami right now, just playing really, really good basketball. Now they can't stay healthy. They keep losing guys left and right. Mark Gasol and Norman Powell are out now. So maybe a depth move I mean, for them. Geez, but I think, even more you know, credit to they, them though, right? Like they're they've had guys in and out of the lineup. <laughs> they lost Kawhi Leonard and they're still winning. Like this is this is one yeah. of the big stories and, of the year is how the Raptors are pulling this off. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It's them and Memphis to me are the two biggest pleasant surprises of the entire thing because, you know, never thought the Grizzlies. I mean, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NBA. And, you know, here they are, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. And then Toronto, they're actually on pace to be to win more games than they won last year. Which is, you know, just That's absolutely stunning. With so 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 let's let's talk to Celtics, yeah. the team I cover for Celtics blog. In, I'm interested in your opinion as an outsider mm-hmm. to it. What do you think they need the most? You know, I think the big thing that everybody says they need, and we've heard them connected to Clint Capella, is that they need a, another guy in the middle. They need a center. Um, they need somebody who can come in and be that consistent presence in there. I think they've got a few decent pieces that, that they can get by with. And if I were the Celtics, and I know, look, Danny Ainge takes a ton of flack for not pulling the trigger on moves, right? Accumulating assets and accumulating assets and accumulating assets and then never pulling the trigger and shipping them out and actually getting that guy that they really need uh, to come in. Uh, but, you know, looking at what they've got, I'd be a little bit wary about parting with some of the pieces that they have. I think you know, I like the squad that they've got with, uh, you know, with Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm certainly not trading either one of those guys. Marcus Smart, I think he he does a lot for them. Um, and, and, you know, yes, they need a guy in the middle, but I wonder if they can find a cheaper option out there without, you know, forking over what you need to to go get like a Clint Capella or something like that. So, I'd be cautious if I was if I was the Celtics and and not I'd be a little bit reluctant to push all my chips in to go get a center like a Capella or someone like that. I I just think that there might be some other options to look at uh, on the market that might cost them a little bit less. Yeah, so I think and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna respond to that. And I'm gonna tell you yeah. what I think their biggest need is because I don't think it's a big man. I think it's actually something else. But as far as the the ability to make a trade goes, they're a little bit like the Lakers in this respect in that. All of their bigger contracts are guys they're not going to yeah. trade. They're not going to trade Kemba Walker. You mentioned Tatum, Brown. Those guys aren't going anywhere. Smart's not going anywhere. And let's kill it right now on this show. Gordon Hayward's not going anywhere. He's playing too well. He is now starting to play again like he played at the beginning of the season when there was a lot of, with very good reason, talk of, geez, could this team have four all-stars? You know, or if Brown and Tatum are really making this leap and Hayward's playing great. I mean, he's, he's at... I don't know what it is, but he's he's pushing the heck out of a 50-40-90 season, you know, shooting splits. He's at 17. The other day when I checked, he was at 17 points per game on only 13 shots a night. Then that's, you know, that's crazy. Amazing. He's up around, you know, four or five assists per game. Uh, he's really hitting the boards. He's doing a lot of stuff, and he just looks really, really good. And then, so that leaves them without the ability to do a lot as far as go get a, going and getting a big name because they just don't have it. Um, the Capella deal was going to be, well, when 
when that was bandied about, it was going to cost them either Daniel Tice or Ernest Cantor, which in the end, that's, that's fine because you're if you're bringing him. Capella, yeah. you don't need both of those right. guys. Um, but then it was going to cost them some other guys. It was going to cost some picks and all these other things. And for me, I just, it's not enough of an upgrade. Cantor's playing really well. He's, you know, he's basically putting up a double double when he gets enough, enough mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, Tice is defending. You know, fantastic defensive player. Excuse me, I'm getting all choked up here about Daniel Tice. Um, <laughs> uh, it's no, Daniel you're, right Tice, you're talking about the Celtics, right, and now yeah, it's getting real emotional. <laughs> um, but no, but Daniel's had, you know, good fit too because he's a good passer and he's a good shooter. He's really stepped in and he's playing the Al Horford role for, for Boston and is, you know, doing quite well in it. I'm not saying he's as good as Horford was or anything like that, but but he's, he's playing pretty well um, for the Celtics. So what I think the biggest need is they need somebody who can score off the bench. Because even when they are fully healthy, it's it's they've got their five starters of Tatum, Brown, Walker, Hayward, and Tice. And then you have um, Smart and Cantor. That's your top seven. So let's say those seven are kind of – that's your core, core group of seven. None of those guys is a big – neither Smart nor Cantor is a big scorer off the bench. Cantor can be, but – he needs help. He's a big man. He's not going to create offense himself. So they need somebody who can put the ball on the floor, go get a bucket on that second unit. You know, and that that's tough. It's not really easy to find. You know, I don't I don't um, know where they go. I would love to see them make a play for a guy like Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. And if the Kings wanted to roll it over, I'd move a guy like Romeo Langford, um, which I know a lot of Celtics fans like. This guy was our you know first round pick. Like, why, why would we move him already? Well, you got a couple reasons. One, you've got a little bit of logjam on the wing already because is he ever going to beat out Tatum or Brown? Probably not. And then if Hayward's still around now, he's at best fourth, but he's really probably fifth because Smart's in right. front of him. You know, as a wing player too, so so that's going to be really tough. The other thing is Boston is about to, starting as soon as this offseason, they are crap out of roster spots. They have one real free agent this summer, and that's Brad Wanamaker. Everybody else has he has some form of option. So that's Hayward. Uh, Semi Ojale, they have a team option on, and Cantor is a player option, and Hayward's is a player option as, as well. And then they have looks like probably going to be three first round picks their own Memphis and the um, uh, Bucks pick in the first round. Then they've got a pick coming from the Nets, most likely in the second round, their own second round pick. So that's five draft picks. 13 players under contract and they love both of their two-way guys as Tremont Waters and Taco Fall. So you can't you can't have 40 guys. This isn't an NFL team. You don't have 40 man, man rosters. You you can only stash so many guys overseas, you know, in the draft and in those things. So it is time to start consolidating. Now what's different is this isn't the conversation we had for months and months and months of Danny Ainge to consolidate these picks and go get Paul George or Jimmy right. Butler, all those things. And, and we heard, well, they were close and they tried and, and it didn't happen. And Celtics fans got really mad. Now I think everybody's like, well, I'm glad we didn't get those guys because we have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But you got to start putting it together. And if that's put Romeo Langford and another smaller salary to go get a guy like Bogdanovich, who's really good. have match rates on as the free agent, he's really good and trade. 
even two of those first round picks, go do it, go be done, and maybe move on because because you can't use all this stuff. Anyway. It all sounds good until you're looking at like what do we do? The other thing that they're up against, which is why I think is a big reason the Capella deal is not going to happen, is they're already really expensive. They're looking at being even more expensive next year when Brown's extension kicks in. The year after that, it'll be Tatum's. Uh, at this point, barring a disaster, is going to be a max extension for him as well. Now you're looking at Walker. Brown and Tatum all on max contracts, whatever Hayward is a year from now, um, you know, and then filling out the roster. That's you're you're well into the tax. Now they have said we'll pay the tax. We're happy to pay the tax, but every ownership group, even the Warriors, have a max of how much of that They'll tax they so want to play. Yeah. And then start, yeah, then it start cutting it down. So so we'll see what happens with, with the Celtics. So you know, but I I you know it's probably not going to be much. I think it'll be more of we'll handle all this roster crunch stuff come draft time in the summer and maybe it's we'll move two of those picks together to move up up you know a couple of picks in the draft and go um i want to talk about al horford's current team philadelphia yeah because i think if pulled people around the league um and fans who watched you know more than just their own team the team that everybody would say needs to make a move the most maybe is philadelphia um so what is it where, where are you seeing that the seven Um, so the Sixers, I think they look there, there, there's teams that are better than the sum of their parts, right? There's teams that, that find ways to put things together. Like, like the Bucks have some really good pieces, but they also fit together so well that it makes them even better, right? It makes them even better yep. than all of their pieces put together. Uh, the Sixers are kind of the opposite right now where you look <laughs> at them on paper and you think this team should be really, really good. And then when you put all the pieces together, it's like, eh, okay, they're, they're good sometimes. They have little flashes where they're good, but uh, but they're, they've yet to do it consistently. I do worry a little bit long-term about the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid fit together, but I think given their talent level, you do everything you possibly can in order to make that work. That's not something they have to pull the trigger on uh, right this second. The Al Horford contract, we were questioning that over the summer, whether that was too much to give a guy uh, his age and given you know his, his skill set and everything. Is that something that you want to pay up for? That's ended up being a bit of an awkward fit. Uh, I do know that they want another kind of 3 and D stretch wing type player, which I think would, would certainly help. I think they could use another backup point guard so they're not just relying on, on Neto. If they can find a little bit more quality there, that would help. But they need to figure out something that, that's going to unlock this roster and make it all come together. And I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what that is that they need in order to what, – what that missing ingredient is right now in order to make it all come together. And I'm sure – you know they are they are as well. Otherwise, it would be done already. Yeah. Did Did you catch any of the game against Miami the other night? I don't. I don't know if you did or not. No, I had a. I think there was a Lakers conflict at the same time, but I but I saw the score where they lost by thirty something. Yeah, Miami basically packed it yeah. in like an old school nineties game, um, where it was fine. Keep shooting because you're never going to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to make sure you don't get anything in the paint, and that's just how it's going to be. And that's that's unfortunate what I think is going to happen. One, one of the things that I, I always tell people is in the regular season, teams can't game plan for opponents. There's not time because you're going from game to game to game to game. In the playoffs, you game plan for one opponent because you know you're going to see them four to seven times over a two-week period. So what you do is you game plan for them, and I think what you're going to see is Philly – they keep saying they're built to win in the playoffs. And I think there's truth to that because they're going to be so good defensively. Right. 
But I worry that they're going to struggle to crack 85, 90 points in playoff games. And that's that's just not enough. You know, you who who's going to go get you buckets when you need it? Is it Ben Simmons? Maybe, but not if not if he's going to go through four guys to get to the basket. Is it Tobias Harris? All right, but I'm not, I don't want to you know, put everything on that um, there. So, yeah, it's it's a mess. They need somebody. Their team that, that Bogdan Bogdanovich would be amazing for. Yeah, yeah I agree. Challenge I agree is, that. challenge is, what, what do you do when I go get him, yeah. right? Because they just don't have those tradable people. They're not going to trade Matisse Thibel. Nope. He's too good. You know, you're not going to do that, nor should they. So that really leaves Zaire Smith, Mike Scott. I don't know. That's that's all right. That's you know, but that's not going to get you Bogdanovich. Are you going to start throwing picks around? Well, the problem is your picks kind of like what we're saying with the Celtics and the Clippers is those picks kind of stink. Yeah. So is that going to get you anything good? Are you going to give up multiple picks when you know maybe by the time they convey you're you're not the team you are today? That that's tough. So I think you're really going to start to see the Sixers. They're going to do something. Maybe they they yeah, I'm going to I'm bad. Dude, I made it this far in without bringing this name up. <laughs> there Brooks, it is. Right? I was waiting for it. For them, right? He would be perfect for yeah. them. He'd be perfect for the Celtics. He'd be perfect for any team that needs a guard who can go get buckets. He'd be perfect for the Lakers. You know, any any team who needs a guard, throw it in his hands, play a little bit of the one, play a lot of the two, and go go make plays. You know, that's huge. And that that's that's the kind of move you're going to see. You're not going to see any big blockbuster move because they're just not in position to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, right so, right now they're really missing Landry Shamit and, and J.J. Redick, right? Like if, if you yeah. had either one of those guys, this we'd probably be talking about this team quite a bit differently because that would improve their, their spacing a ton and give them another option. But uh, but you're right. Right now they, they don't have that. Maybe that's something they find here at the trade deadline, but uh, again, it's hard to see the path forward. We we certainly know it's not going to be for lack of trying, though. Their name has popped up in a number of different rumors everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then another team in the East. Before we jump back west, mm-hmm. the Miami Heat. Yeah. I think the Heat are. Um, they could do something. My challenge is they've been so banged up and so injured that it's really night to night who's available for them. And then the reality is they are right against the hard cap. So anything they do that brings money back on their books, it's just it's, it's impossible to see. They're they're less than five hundred thousand dollars away, which at that point in the way it works in the NBA, you're basically there. So so I, I don't I, I just I don't see anything. I know Andre Iguodala popped up yeah. today as maybe they could look, but Memphis isn't dumb. They're not gonna take back Waiters or James Johnson or Kelly Olinick and take money on the next year. It doesn't make sense. And the Heat don't have the ability to pay them to do that because they've they've sent some picks out uh, down the line. So so I don't I don't while they've got the tools to match salary, I just don't think that they can can be there. The Indiana Pacers, I don't know. Everybody should check out um, Alex Kennedy um, from Hoopsype yeah. did a uh, the thing with with uh, the Pacers front office. He really kind of embedded himself in there and spent some time with them. And uh, Kevin Pritchard talked a lot about how why he doesn't make in season trades. He likes to really kind of build his roster, see what it is. And, and one thing that was really neat is I'll just spend a second on it. Was he talked about how these guys are people. And he doesn't. He learned from Larry Bird. Let's not uproot their entire lives in the middle of 
the the basketball season yeah. and make their families move. And I think that gets forgotten a lot. You know, these aren't just names and numbers you trade on 2K. These are real people with real lives who are established in the communities where they are. And that, you know, when you say now, hey, you're you don't play for the Pacers anymore. You now play for the, you know, the Sacramento Kings. That's a massive change to everybody's life. So let's check that piece out by Alex. Alex did a great job with it. And that gives you a little bit of insight to why Pacers probably aren't going to do anything. And then the other two East playoff teams, the Nets and the Magic, they both stink. They probably shouldn't do anything. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for them to do much. The Nets, it was never about this season for the Nets anyway. It's always been about next year. Whatever they do this year is kind of the gravy. Or I guess the, the appetizer, better way to put it, the yeah, appetizer I, for I, next I season. I think so. And, Ky- and Kyrie is, is will tell you anyway that his, that his current teammates simply aren't good enough. And they're, oh, they're they going to have to do yeah, something this summer to figure it out. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome when him and KD show up and they're the only two left on the roster. And, uh, you know, it's it's them two, me, you, and another dude off the street that are in there. Then we'll see how they'll, much he they'll loves probably, that. KD, they'll yeah. probably still win 50 games. <laughs> yeah, man, I can lock yeah. down an occasional open jumper. Um, I'm not playing any defense, I'm telling <laughs> you that right um, let's go back west and touch on a couple teams in the west to close yep. us out. The Denver Nuggets. So the question I'm going to ask you with the Nuggets is – should the Nuggets be making an all-in move here? If and and I don't know what that means. I don't know yeah. who that would be. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. You know, they haven't really been mentioned in a lot of stuff um, there. But if if it presented itself and you were running the Nuggets, would you say, yeah, I'm going to push in if it costs me? Let's say Gary Harris and you know uh, a couple of my younger guys. You know, they've already said my. Porter Jr. is untouchable, which I think is the right move. But if you could do Harris and somebody else in picks to go get you a real difference maker that, that you think could push you into that you know, upper echelon of the contender group, would you do that if you were the Nuggets now? Yeah, I think I, I, think I would. Um, and that's uh, the name that pops into my mind and, and right away is Drew Holiday. You know, if you can go get somebody like that that's going to make the difference, it's going to push you to that, that next level, I think you do it. I think this team is so close. Sometimes these young teams can get so enamored with their own talent, with their own young guys. They think, oh, it's all going to work out. They're all going to grow together perfectly. And and in five years, we're going to be champions and we're going to win for the next 10 years because we have all these young guys and they're all going to pan out. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you can get blinded by. We both by know that, right? With, yes. the, with the teams we cover, absolutely. Yeah, you, you string a you know top five picks, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. So yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, oh, no. but, but you're that's such a good point. You no, made. I was just going to say. Look, I mean, the the brilliant thing about the NBA this season, and this is what we were saying heading into it, was that it's it's so wide open, right? I mean, there's no. Uh, the Western Conference, yeah, the Lakers are in first right now. But does anyone really think, okay, we definitely can't beat the Lakers? It's not like the Warriors when they had when they had KD, when they had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond and and then DeMarcus Cousins. All those where it it looked like they were unbeatable. There isn't that kind of mega power out there, and so the Nuggets are certainly one of those teams that's right there. And I can see them talking themselves into like, hey, we add a Drew Holiday or we add we add a piece like that. <sighs> we're good. We're right there. We could be the team that comes out of the Western Conference. And I think if you have an opportunity to do that, now I wouldn't do it foolishly. I wouldn't go add a guy who's 34 or something like that. But you add a guy who is is maybe in his prime, uh, not not towards the tail end of his prime just yet. You have an opportunity to go get a piece that could be with your team for another, say, three years or, or whatever. I, I think it's worth it. I think that, that sometimes we get gun shy about kind of taking that shot and going for it. 
but you know what? This game's about winning championships, and if you have an opportunity to go do that, I think you got to do it. So, uh, so yeah, I'd be I'd be for the, the Nuggets making a move within reason. You know, you don't want to throw away you don't want to throw away your entire future. But parting with a few pieces here and there in order to to make a run right now, I, I would do it. Yeah, and this is where we're going to get accused of being groupthink here. But my belief has always been in the NBA, if you're that close, go yeah. for it. Because those windows, they close really, really quick. And sometimes what looks like it's going to be a five-year window, it only ends up being one yeah. or two. You know, somebody gets unhappy and leaves. Somebody gets hurt. Uh, some young guy doesn't develop the way you thought he would. And the next thing you know, now you're you know, you're just another okay team. You're, you're not really a contender. You're not bad, but, but you're that. And I think you want to be you know, right there when you have that chance. I'd look again to go back to the Raptors last year. They were right there. So what did they do? Masai Ujiri said, Marcus Hull put us over the top. That's going to put us right where we need to be. I'm going to go get him, and I'm going to make this happen. And they did, and it worked. You know, and, and, and a lot of times, right, there, what do they say, flags fly forever or whatever it is. That's true, right? Yep. Right there, they're up there now. You know, we we both cover teams. We're you know fortunate that those teams have won you know a million titles between the two right. of them. But the reality is, you it's I always go back to something that Tom Brady talks about in the NFL. Where he talked about is it was a um, equipment manager at Michigan, and he's like, which one of your I think it was Big Ten titles is your favorite one? And the guy goes, the next one. And Brady kind of adopted that when they say, what's your favorite Super Bowl? The next one. You know, and then that for me is like, that's so true for the teams we cover. It's the next one. Right. And I think for, you know, a team like the Nuggets, it's never had, it's just the one, you know, go get one. And when you talk to anybody that, that, um, Title meant so much to the Raptors. It was so important to them and to their fans and to the guys like Kyle Lowry, the guys who had been there for a long time. That meant so much to them that that's that's just huge, you know. And I think think if you're the, if you're Denver and you really believe that a Drew Holiday can put us over the top and make us right in there with the Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, you know, whoever else from the East you want to throw up there, you you do it. Well, let's do it. You know, let's get in there. Um, I know you got to go cover a game, so yeah. I just want to touch on it real quick because uh, we didn't talk about the Utah Jazz. They already did their, their – yeah, they, they already picked up Jordan yep. Clarkson. They're probably not doing anything else. The Dallas Mavericks, they already did what they're probably going to do. They might have another They, they want a wing defender. Smaller, they want somebody to defend LeBron because every time the Lakers yeah. have played played the uh, the Mavs, they have – LeBron has just had a field day. So they want yep. Iguodala. They want something. I, I could. I think they're going to make a move at some point to, to land somebody. Yeah, I think they've got one more move in them. Though. they got Courtney Lee's yeah. big expiring contract. They've got Barnes's um, – the Barnes TPE from last year. It's about $9 million or so. So they've got the ability to go do some stuff. Thunder, I don't think they're going to do too much. I think, think they're probably bigger changes are coming in the summer. for the Thunder, yeah. too, being, being a playoff team now. I think that if they were towards the bottom of the conference, I think you would, I think you would see the Thunder making some moves. But right now, I mean, yeah, you're playing with house money. Why not roll with it and see what you can do in the playoffs? Yeah, that's it. And, you know, yeah, and you're, you know, my, my thing is this is talk about, man, talk about having your cake and eating it now and then saving some of that cake for later, too. You know, that's the that's the the thunder, man. They, they've got cake for years coming with with all those picks and everything else. The Grizzlies, surprising, really fun. You know, I wouldn't be upset at all if they made the playoffs. 
I just don't see them doing too much. The Trailblazers, they're they're in that mix. Maybe they'll get in there. Maybe they'll do something uh, to kind of shore things up. But we'll see. I don't I don't know what that would be um, there. And then the Spurs, Spurs never ever do anything in season, so there's not even a point talking about it. So I think we kind of hit all the teams. You know, no, no offense if we didn't cover your team, it's just because you're 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 not really a player because your team's not very good. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. You know, you're you're on the other side, right? You're you're helping out the uh, playoff right. teams by sending some guys yeah. out. But we but we will touch on those teams because we're back now, and yep. this is you know, we're back doing this. So what we're the kind of plan is we're going to come back at you after the trade deadline breakdown. Let's f- fingers crossed. All that happens, you know. Let's hope it's you know wild and crazy. And me and you are uh, both got a few more grays up here by the end of it because we're you know spinning for figuring it out. We're gonna come back. We're gonna break all that back down. Then we're gonna get in the rhythm of talking about these teams and what's going on. Buyout season will come next. Then we'll talk about just more kind of the league in general in a whole. Then we'll get into off season stuff as we go. But we're we're back with you now. Um, we're really excited. Things have really settled in Trevor and I's lives to be able to do this now again. Um, there. Things had gotten away from us, and we just we weren't going to be able to do the show the way we wanted to do it, so we didn't do it. But but that's really it. What do you got to plug, my friend? Um, you know that's uh, well. I mean, people need to go head over to LakersNation.com, and then of course listen to the Lakers Nation podcast. Uh, make sure that you are uh, are checking out our post game show. We're doing that after every single Lakers game. We broadcast live across Facebook, Periscope, and YouTube across the Lakers Nation accounts. So go uh, check us out there. It's a lot of fun. We take uh, fan questions directly, so it's very interactive. It's a blast doing that. And then, uh, of course, guys, you can find my written work at LakersNation.com. And uh, you know what? I do want to add this, too. Just because your team's not in the playoffs either, we are going to touch about on them. And that doesn't mean that you can't still make moves and that you can't still have success. You can set yourself up for success with moves right now. So even the teams that, that we didn't get to touch upon don't feel too bad because you just may be the team to swing a big move. And by the way, I did want to add this in too, Keith. Now that you said that, now that you said that the Spurs never do anything, oh, they're going <laughs> to do something. Gonna, right? <laughs> That'll be the one that weighs this this uh, time of year. My wife hates because I I don't put my phone on silent at night, um, so so I can hear it. And that'll be the one that that'll come through, or it'll be something silly like Mark Stein tweeting about soccer or tennis at two thirty <laughs> in the morning here on the East Coast, which will be yeah real real thrilling. But it's only for a couple more days, and then then we go. Right. So yeah, absolutely. So you know, and Tre- Trevor's absolutely right. Everybody can set themselves up better for the future or for the rest mm-hmm. of this season. That includes even fans your team might do something smart here over the next couple of days let's not bank on it but maybe you never know but but if they do we're gonna break it down we, we whatever trades happen between the time you listen to this and the end of the trade deadline we will talk about every single one of them big or small we will get into all those details with just like you've come to be used to from this show but other than that please go head over to itunes rate and review to us tell a friend um subscribe to the show download all those good things you yep. can do that will really help us out you know, make sure people know, let, let everybody know we're, we'll be pushing this on social media as well. You can like the show account at Front Office Show on Twitter. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Find my written work all over the place, everywhere you, you know, read about basketball. I probably get something up there uh, right around now. Other than that, we'll talk to you soon after the trade deadline, breaking it all down. Thanks. This has been the NBA Front Office Show, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya.